Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob here, and in a moment, I'm going to be interviewing a six-time world champion. You probably know who it is because you've probably read the title. The reason I'm doing a little bit of an introduction is because we went to meet this amazing man. You're going to love what's about to um, hit your ears. And he suggested that we do the podcast actually in his gym. And Harry and I went to see him. We were a bit worried because we thought, is it going to be noisy? Are there going to be people grunting and shouting and screaming in the background? We managed to get him to turn the music down. But actually, we did this podcast in his world famous temple gym right at the back on the mats. So just thought I'd let you know that it's rough and ready and spitty and sawdusty. You're going to love it. There is some grunting. There is some weights being thrown around everywhere. If you watch the video, there's quite a few people doing exercises behind us. There was one particular girl. She was doing some exercises very close. And yeah, she was, uh, what do they say? Fit. (laughs) Anyway, so you will get a bit of background noise, but I think you're going to love this. So enough from me. And let's introduce the live podcast with Dorian Yates. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. And I'm with a very disruptive person. I'm with Dorian Yates. If you're watching, you'll probably see that. If you're listening, Dorian Yates is six-time Mr. Olympian, six years in a row. The fourth highest Mr. Olympian winner ever. 15 major competitions you won, is that right? It's a long time since I'm counting, but (laughs) something like that. Yeah, I think uh, I I did 17 competitions. Two seconds, which was when I initially started as a professional bodybuilder, and uh, after that it was all first all the way. Sure. And interestingly, maybe for the viewers, that I'm the only person to win the Mr. Olympia while residing outside of the United States. Right. Okay. And before before we did the shoot uh, and got the set ready, we had a quick chat and a quick brief, and I just said I like to interview disruptive people, and you yeah. seem to come to life a bit when I said that. Well, I don't know, disruptive maybe, but um, unconventional, absolutely, mm. I, I think, you know. First of all, to to want to become a pro bodybuilder coming from Birmingham in England, that's pretty, like, far <laughs> out there, I think, yeah. you know. Uh, Did you get make, a lot of people saying that's a bit... Yeah, especially back, in the, especially back in the 80s, because the sport was so dominated by the United States mm. and, and from bodybuilders from the United States and you know obviously they had better facilities there and um, you know the sport is based there mm. if you go to any college or high school in in the USA you're going to find a weights room in there mm. so much more people are introduced to weight training in the States than they would be in in UK you know in UK you don't have weight training at school you play soccer and cricket yeah. and stuff like that so you need to you know you have to go and find a gym and find the interest yourself. So mm. that's probably the reason why there's so many more successful bodybuilders from the States. Sure. Um, so what do you think made you disruptive in your, in your sport? Made, maybe gave you the edge over everyone else or things um, you did that they didn't know how to do? Well, I think it comes boils down to mainly the mental side of it. For some reason, I had a lot of, uh, had a lot of faith in myself and I did my own research, my own reading about training and all this kind of stuff. internet days as well. Of course, no yeah. internet. So you buy magazines, you know, I probably read every magazine from 1983 to 1997 when yeah. I retired, magazines, books, and, and gathered this information and then kind of trial and error in the gym. Came up with my own unique training system. Mm-hmm. So not only was I, you know, had this ambition to want to be a professional bodybuilder and, and compete in pro bodybuilding, I was taking a very unconventional approach as far as the training and the nutrition and so on at the time. And um, I did this myself. Now, a lot of people now in the sport, they have a trainer, they have a nutritionist, advisor kind of thing. Do you think you would if you were starting again now? No, I wouldn't. Still do it your way. <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, I did well without it. And it really appealed to me this aspect of bodybuilding where it was really a sole endeavor. You know, you, you've got to figure out how to train you've got to figure out your diet and you've got you know put into action you've got to do the training in the gym you've got to push yourself you've got to be disciplined all this is kind of self-reliance you know there was no of course you've got people that support you 
but there was no team there, there was not a team effort. Right. And that really appealed to me, and I guess I'm kind of a, very much an individual, an individual thinker, and so it was ideal for me in, in that respect. Mm. How did you manage to get that edge then, if you're not studying anyone and there's no internet, you've got to be that little bit better, but you're kind of like testing all the way, are you trying new things? Um, well, yeah, I, I got information from various, uh, various sources, and I was quite uh, good at siphoning out what worked for me and what, what didn't work for me. Mm. And I came with the, you know, my unique training system, high intensity training or blood and guts. It's got many names, but basically it's very brief training mm. compared to what was being done in the past. Right. So the idea is in order to get a reaction, bigger muscles, stronger muscles, you need to train with a, a level of intensity, very intensely. But at the same time, if you train for too long, it becomes detrimental. It's like, you know, almost breaking your body down too much and not giving it a chance to rebuild. Okay. So the key to bodybuilding is, is not a lot of time in the gym. You know, people are always surprised. Oh, you're the best in the world. You must have been in the gym three, four, five hours a day or something. But it, it doesn't work like that. You come into the gym and you train very hard, very intensely. Probably can't do that for any, anything more than one hour. Right. And then the rest of your job is really recovering from that stress. Yeah. Resting, eating, make sure to get the correct nutrition. And, you know, I often say bodybuilding is not, you know, it's not that hour in the gym. It's the other 23 hours outside the gym as well that really contribute to your uh, success or not. You know? mm. So did you have any, you, you can obviously say it now because you finished your career, did you any, have anything you did that you thought, I'm so glad my competitors don't know this, or some kind of edge? Uh, well, I had um, really super um, tunnel vision and dedication to make every workout like the best I could do, to make every day my nutrition. I used to weigh my food, calculate my calories on a daily basis, even in the off season. So in retrospect, it was probably almost at points too much unnecessary. I probably could have relaxed a little bit more, but but I guess you wouldn't I didn't. To I, you know, my competitors would maybe take some time off after a competition and relax. I wouldn't do that. They might cheat on their diet now and then, or they might have a bad day in the gym because they'd let outside, you know, things influence them. I was very much in a tunnel and, you know, my house could have been on fire. If I had to be at the gym at 11, my house was on fire, I'd just call the, you know, the fire service and, and go to the gym. Mm. I wouldn't, I would refuse to let outside forces influenced me in any way. So sure. I kind of lived in a, in a tunnel where they had this goal and I just focused on that goal every day. Mm -hmm. And what you focus on is what you bring sure. to your life. You, know? yeah. you focus on bad things enough, then you know, bad things are going to happen. So mm -hmm. I think the mental side of it is, is the key that, you know, what separates the person from first, from second for third and, and fourth, because all the, all the guys that are that level of professional bodybuilding, they're all very naturally gifted for, for building muscle, got a good structure, you know, the, the building blocks are all there. So it's very little that can separate first, second, third and fourth. So mm. for me, that just comes down to the, the mental aspect of it. And I think that's where I had the key. I had that mental uh, strength, discipline and focus um, that was unwavering. Yeah. And that was what I had that other people didn't have. As well as my confidence in, you know, doing something differently. Do, being unconventional with my training and mm. the nutrition and uh, you know after that period because I was Mr Olympia a lot of people kind of modified their training and and, uh, and nutrition and everything if you look back to the 70s you know when Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr Olympia it wasn't unusual for guys to train six days a week even twice a day mm. and that was you know they had great physiques but um, it would have been better if they were training less right. and that's what I brought to the table and had a, had a knock-on effect on the way everybody approached their training, I think. Yeah. Well, I know we haven't finished, we're only just started, but I want to thank you for taking your time and really want to respect it. So why don't we talk about what you're interested in now? You know, what do you love to do? And Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's different aspects. I've got my business life, which is uh, everything under my brand, which is DY. So we've got DY Sports Nutrition, which is uh, high-quality supplements for, for bodybuilders, for sports people and athletes. And it's not as I've done in the past, or a lot of athletes do, where you, you're an endorser, you know, mm. and you, you know they, you use, they use your picture and you know yeah. all that stuff. 
Um, you turned that down, did you? I, I did that in the past when I was competing as Mr. Olympia, but I wanted to do my own thing. Mm. And, you know, so I'm involved in every level of it. Mm. I, I'm involved in formulating the products, testing the products, you know, the look of the, the label. And it's, all, it's all me. I've got a team of people with me, but in the end, of, it's, it, it's all Dorian, you know? Mm. And I think that's important. So we've got the DY Sports Nutrition. We've just got a licensing program together that we're putting together now. And we just licensed our first gym in China. So that's DY Gyms. And it's a whole package that's put together with a lot of instruction on how to run the gym for key positions, the manager, the, the personal training manager and so on. And what steps can you take to be successful? It's more like a program that, that you follow. It's not just, hey, take Dorian's name and yeah. run away with the gym because that's not necessarily going to make it successful. And if I, want my, if I have my name on a gym, I want it to be successful for me and for the person that's got the name on there. So we've got a great package. We just put together uh, some good people I met in the industry that have been very successful and we kind of teamed together to put this package together. So that's been released. And um, as I said, my, my training's very unique. So I have a certification program, DYHIT, which teaches personal trainers my methods, I teach them in person, they come and spend a week with me and I teach in person my methods right. and then they can go and teach and certify other personal trainers yeah. wherever they come from. So we got, I think, 25, 26 HIT trainers now around so the world. it's like a license, is it? That? Yeah, it's yeah. from, we got a guy in Russia, Germany, Argentina, Lebanon, US, Canada, mm. UK. So that means that my methods are getting, not everybody can come and train with Dorian. Mm. But today we've got a few people coming to train but I'm not available all the time yeah. and you know, a lot of people can't come from the other side of the world and come train with me. So the idea is to have my team of trainers out there that will teach other trainers yeah. so that my methods get taught down uh, correctly. Yeah. So those are the three things business-wise. Personally, um, as, we, as I said, I moved over to Spain three years ago. Got some friends over there and decided to move over there. Great weather, really love uh, the time over there, you know, spending 50 years in, in Birmingham in the, in the grey and the rain. It is cold uh, in this gym while yeah, I'm wearing this. You've like, got yeah. trains to keep warm in this gym, you know, yeah. that's the idea. So I'm really enjoying that. And not really doing that much weight training now because I've got a few injuries and I've been doing it for so long. I thought I'd enjoy doing some other things. I enjoy exercise, I don't really care what it is. Sometimes I go walking, hiking in the mountains. Mm. Uh, I go cycling, I like cycling up the mountains in the sun. And yeah. um, I do yoga, I really big fan of yoga now that's um, great from a you know physical point mm. gives you more flexibility and mobility and all these things that maybe you lost a little bit over the years mm. with aging especially with the weights and everything so really enjoying that and the whole uh, lifestyle out there so that's kind of where I'm at now okay and was there anything you took in your bodybuilding career that's helped you build your business um, I, I think um, I think focus, like a, like a lot of um, athletes, I, I made a mistake and you know, you probably hear a lot of athletes losing money and business and so on, it happened to me because I thought I'm the, I'm the athlete, you know, I spent all my life becoming this athlete and that's what I know and that's the image. I'm not a business person really, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to business school, yeah. so I let other people control the business right and uh let me tell and you that's a mistake that's a mistake <laughs> yeah. yeah you've got well, you to really right? have your hands on everything you've got to have your eyes on everything and uh, you know again it's about the energy mm. you know you've got to instill your energy in into the thing if you want it to be successful it's your business sure so um you have to be hands-on quite a bit i think to okay. to be successful although no, no man's an island you know yeah. you need a team of people around you i've got a really good uh, business partner business manager uh, I've got some other people working with me on the gyms and everything. So I've got a good team of people that we pull together and you know, we're all thinking in the same way. You know, we like to have fun as well while we're doing it. So we've got a little family vibe going on there. So yeah, it's great now, but it did, definitely took me time to get to that point. You know, I had to get burnt a few times to, to realize, but that's, that's how life works. Usually when you, uh, painful lessons are usually the ones that are the best. You know? Sure. When um, I'm quite good friends with Frank Bruno and I've interviewed him twice for yeah. the podcast. And he said he had a really good manager who said, literally, when he was 19 years old, you've got to work out what you're going to do after boxing. Because obviously, one punch, yeah. you can be done. And yeah. I always thought the panto before I knew Frank was kind of like just because everyone loved him, he kind yeah. of accent, But he really intended to go in there. Okay. To, to sort of have another career beyond boxing. Yeah. Yeah. If you were teaching young, budding bodybuilders who wanted to be like you, knowing that, you know, probably so few at the top make really good money out of it, would you tell them to have a business mindset as well? Well, I'll tell a little story, which 
maybe helps. You know, as I said, I had this focus, I had this dream, but I saw a lot of people, you know, that around me, a lot of people in the gym, that were living this same lifestyle, you know, and kind of, you know, neglecting their family, maybe neglecting a job or the business or whatever, because all your focus mm. is going to this. But to be brutally honest, they, they weren't never going to make it, you know? Right. And um, I didn't want to be like that. So I won the British Championships. I was able to turn pro. And then, you know, from being a British amateur champion to going to America and competing in pro is, is really a, is a big leap, mm. you know? And so I said, right, I'm going to take 18 months off I'm going to train for my first pro show, which is in, being held in New York, Night of Champions was called at the time. And I'm going to give it 100%. If I don't place in the top five, then realistically, you know, I look at the history of bodybuilding, everyone that was successful, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lee Haney, da da da. I mean, they were successful early on. Mm. You could tell they, they were the dominant. They didn't go in a pro contest and get 15th place, right, yeah. and then next year come, come and win it, yeah? Mm. Mm. So if you go in a pro contest and you get 15th place, chances are that's, you know, you're not going to make a career mm. out of this because a professional bodybuilding, what does it mean professional? It means you're making your living solely from that endeavor. Mm. I don't know, I mean, it'd take a while, I guess, probably 10 or 15 guys in the world right. could really genuinely say that. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of professionals. Yeah. On, on paper, they're professional, but, you know, are they really making a living from it? So I said, I'm going to give 100%. So I'll give it a really good shot. If I don't get in the top five, that tells me I'm not good enough mm. to really be a pro bodybuilder. So then I need to, you know, reassess things. Mm. And I just opened a gym in Birmingham, Temple Gym. This is the second location. We had a previous location. I opened that in 1987. So I had that and it was in, in the 80s, there were very few gyms around. So this little gym was making a good living. I was mm. making a good living from it, not getting rich, but good living and enjoying what I'm doing. I, I, I believe if I hadn't placed in that top five, I would have said, right, that's it. Right. And let me open more of these little yeah. gyms, you know? Yeah. So I had that already. So you almost had a like, backup plan. I had that in, in the background. Mm. Do you think um, it was, sorry to jump in, I yeah. sometimes interrupt, so sorry. Do you think it was good self-awareness to say, if I'm below fifth, I'm out? Or do you think it was a bit of pride as well to say, if I'm not good, you know, I want to be the best or I don't want to do it? No, it's more, it's more about being realistic right. about it and observing people around me. You know, that, mm. you know, maybe the, they lost time with their family and their kids and, and friends and uh, lost income and all this stuff because they're putting all the energy into this thing, mm. which is great if you're getting something out of it, but if you're not, you know, why can, how can you justify asking your family to lose time and, mm. and your kids and all that stuff? So, you know, but anyway, history shows I got a very close second in that contest and uh, that was it, you know, yeah. I was on, on my way. Mm. When you finished bodybuilding, I understand you kind of quit on, sort of on your own terms, as it were, rather than being well, a, actually a not. 50 year old comeback. Or? Actually, not. Um, to be honest, uh, going for my sixth title, it was starting to feel like a job. Mm. Whereas before it was a passion, mm. slash, you know, nice <laughs> income, yeah? <laughs> but it was starting to feel like, and I was like, I need to really be thinking about what I want to do mm. when I stop doing this. And it's been. It's been so all-consuming that maybe I want to do something totally different. I really don't know. But anyway, the thoughts were, were, were you know, were yeah. gathering in the, in the head, you know. And then I had a really severe injury three weeks before that uh, Mr. Olympia. And I think in most cases it would have meant a person not competing because it was that bad. Mm. But I wasn't able to train at all the last three weeks before a contest. Imagine you're going for the, you know, top physique title in the world and now you're not even able to train. I just did some cardio and stick with my diet. Mm. Uh, so it was definitely less than ideal and it wasn't my best shape, but I managed to win the contest. And then afterwards I had to have surgery, on a tricep tendon at all, I had to have surgery on there. And um, then it was a case of like, well, if the surgery goes well and everything heals, maybe I'll do another one because I wasn't happy with that. The last one that really, right. you know, the preparation and everything. But after the surgery, it was obvious that this injury had some permanent effect on my strength, mm. on the look of the muscle and everything. And uh, I already had one injury that was quite severe. And I had to be honest, look, I can't train properly mm. and you compete against the best in the world. You, you know, yeah. you've got to give it 100%. So I can't train properly. You know, now's the time to call it a day. So the thoughts were there, you know, already gathering. But it was circumstances that said, right, right. 
yeah. you're definitely finished now. <laughs> I don't even mm. think about it because you don't have any choice. Yeah. So that was that was very traumatic for a few years. Mm. I know Frank had his problems, mm. and, and yeah. it's quite common in athletics, uh, sports, or any kind. Because I think you, that's your life. Yeah. You give 100% focus to that, almost like in a tunnel, yeah? The rest of the world's out here and the people are doing their things, but you're in this tunnel, yeah? And that's all your life is, yeah? And uh, it's tough, but in a way, it's kind of like you're on this mission, you know? And uh, you've got this super strong goal, and now it's gone. Now it's gone. And, 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 and your whole identity is tied up with that. Yeah. You know, who am I now? I'm not Mr. Olympia. Who, who am I? What do I want to do? What's, what, what am I going to do now? You know, it really, it was really a tough time and I, I got depressed and, uh, you know, it seemed like my whole life was falling apart and my marriage fell apart. It's just everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And... Um, Did any good come out of that? Do you well, in the anything? end, yeah, in the end, because, you know, sometimes things have to break down to be rebuilt mm -hmm. in a different way. So, so in the end, yeah, but... Um, for, for a couple of years there, it was really tough, mm. I must admit. So injuries kind of forced your decision, but I'm really yeah. picking up a very much a sense of you are aware of your realities, your limits. You know, there are, I know there are people in your sport coming back and doing it at nearly 50 years old, yeah. and there's these boxers coming back and doing it at 50 years but old. I understand why they do yeah. it, because it's almost, like, it's almost like a high when you're on the top of the world right. of what you're doing. And you know, you got thousands of people cheering and you know, people asking for autographs and, mm. and all this stuff. Um, not that that was my motivation, but there is all, you know. And, and you got this goal, you know what your life's about, you've got this mission, yeah? Mm. And it's all gone and you're kind of like floating around, not really knowing what to do. You know, I, I still go to the gym every day to train because I like to train, but mm. why am I training now? Apart from trying to make myself feel better, you know? Exercise is, is essential if you, if you're feeling depressed or anything, mm. any, any kind of exercise. So I was doing that every day, trying to, you know, not lie in bed and just curl up in a ball and, and, and give up. Mm. So I didn't do that, I kept, I kept going, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough period. And then you have, you know, you have slowly, you know, find your way again. And, uh, you know, now I look back on that period and, uh, when I was competing, I'm very happy, but I also look at pictures of myself and very few pictures that I can find of myself smiling right. when I was competing. Mm. Because I'm in such a tunnel vision, mm. tunnel that, you know, there was not much time for spontaneity and joy and these kind of things, mm. you know, they were not conducive <laughs> to what I was doing. So mm. um, I think I'm a lot more, you know, come out the other end a lot more balanced and, and happier person. But mm. it's, yeah, it's a rocky road for a while there. And what is balance and happiness to you? Balance in life between you know, between your, your business and your personal and your spiritual life and some sense of uh, peace, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting there now, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody's life is a little bit up and down. When I used to read the magazines, you know, as a kid, I mean, my father died at 13, so I didn't really have any close role, role model. So these guys in the magazines almost became my surrogate fathers mm -hmm. or role models, you know? And I thought these guys, they just live such a blessed life, you know, mm. like just, you know, going to the gym and, 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 and uh, you know, they must be rich and they must be happy and everything must be all shiny and great in their world. But, you know, reality is not like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can be a champion or something and still have your, you know, you still have the same challenges in life and ups and downs as, uh, as everybody, probably, everybody probably does. It doesn't protect you from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, since I finished bodybuilding, I've been sometimes almost, almost broke. Mm -hmm. But when I read in the magazines, you think these guys are living mansions and they're you know, happy ever after. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's challenges there. And now I think now everything's going quite well for me just because it's all, it's all comes from there, really, you know, and what you're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And do you think you're more kind of relaxed, have fun, maybe a bit more spiritual now because you were so intense when you were younger? Oh, absolutely, you know, the, um, there's a, a balancing out, right? <laughs> yeah, you got some years <laughs> to make up. A little bit crazy when I, you know, <laughs> finished bodybuilding, all this strict discipline and never drinking alcohol and never going out late and everything. And then I had a period of like, screw that, I'm going to do all that, mm. like, you know. Mm. So yeah, I had to go a little bit crazy in order to like, you know, get the balance back. Yeah. So a lot of things that I kind of maybe 
missed out on, I wanted to do. I did a lot of traveling and went on safari, a few for safaris and things like that because I always loved wildlife and I didn't even want to go on holiday and stuff when I was, you know, in that mode because yeah. I just wanted to, even on holiday I wanted to know where the gym was. Mm. So it was obsessive, but then, you know, to be the best in the world is not a normal uh, situation. Mm. You know? Sure. And business interests now, you said you've got partnerships. I've got yeah. a business partner and I really believe in partnerships because we all have different strengths. Yeah. Um, you know, you said it's quite solitary your career. Well, when I started my business in my sort of, sort of bedroom, it was really quite lonely for the first couple yeah. of years. So yeah. do you enjoy that partnerships, people and having a team now? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you can't do it all on your own. Mm. You need a team with, you know, we've got salespeople that are, their strength is sales. Yeah. Mine's not, you know, I'm a shitty salesman, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and I've got a business manager who has a lot of experience in, in business mm. and finances and launching businesses and all that kind of stuff, which, which I haven't, but I do observe mm. and try to learn as well from other people yeah. rather than just leaving, every, you know, leaving everything in their hands. I try, to le- I try to learn now due to my past mistakes, if mm. you like, you know? Yeah. What some what are some of the new challenges in life you've experienced but growing your business empire? There's always a challenge, you know, there's, there's nothing runs smoothly in any, in any mm. business. There's always challenges, there's always changes in legislation. As far as the nutrition business, it's constantly changing where the, uh, the authorities, you know, you can use one compound and you know, 12 months later you can't, you've got to reformulate your products. So that's a constant challenge with the, uh, with the nutrition business. The certification business is, is fairly simple. From my end, I, I teach people and I enjoy training, teaching people in the gym. But then I have a team of people. You know, we've got to have documentation and uh, a lot of, lot of uh, work in the background. So I'm fortunate over the years, you know, I, I've met some people whose intentions wasn't good and, you know, those experiences. But over the years, filtered it down to, you got to, you know, You've got to be on the same kind of vibe mm. uh, with people. I have the same values and the same kind of interests and stuff. So mm. um, I don't have a huge team. I probably have about six to eight people I work with directly yeah. in my businesses. So it's a nice small team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we go to shows together and events, we, we go have fun together and everything, yeah. which I think is, uh, is important. You know? yeah. And you think it's important for business to be fun? Yeah, I mean, uh, my business partner said to me something <laughs> once, and it's true. It's like, let's never get in bed with somebody or, you know, partner up with somebody, do business with somebody, if we wouldn't want to go down the pub and have a drink with them, mm. you know? Mm. So uh, that's, that's good advice. You get, basically what I was just saying, you've got to be on the same vibe, yeah. you know? Mm. So that was useful, yeah. So we've got yeah. a nice, you know, and you spend time with people mm. if you're in business with them. Yeah. You don't want to spend time with somebody if you're not on the same, the same vibe and you can't yeah. work well together. So. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's, there's constant challenges, mainly with the nutrition business, mm. you know? Yeah. And uh, constantly evolving the products there. Now we're, um, I'd like to branch out into more kind of health-related products as well, because that's where I am now in my mm. 50s. Mm. I'm not trying to be the most muscular man in the world, but I've got products that help the bodybuilders, and of course, I love training people and giving them advi- my advice mm. and helping them achieve their goals. Sure. If someone is looking for like a career change, because you've tras it, you've had your low, you've had yeah. your biggest high, being yeah. the world's best at something, yeah. and then you've had your low, yeah. and then you've transitioned really well into the new career. And we were talking about the London Real stuff that kind of kicked off for you. Yeah, and all that. London Real is, uh, I mean, it's really snowballed. Well, that, that's how I really it was, got you know, it was just like yourself. Uh, we made an appointment. Sounds interesting. A little bit different because I've done so many interviews on, on bodybuilding that it's nice. Should, you know, talk about other subjects and, mm. and London Real, we really went out of left field, as they say in the States, mm. and uh, talking about my experience with uh, psychedelics and, uh, <laughs> you know, views on spirituality and the world uh, situation and reality that we live in and mm. all kind of stuff that I'm sure that people didn't expect Mr. Olympia to be talking about, but they, they were very interested and it's grown now that we've made kind of a little movie, yeah. which has been actually uh, premiered tomorrow in London at the BAFTA theatres, which is very prestigious. Mm. So, you know, who knows that just, really all I do is, is just tell the truth how I see it. And uh, apparently people like that and they can relate to it. And mm. I'm touching on subjects that they probably have some thoughts about, but maybe they haven't really explored it that much. And just 
and just give them a little nudge, I think, to like, you know, mm. not to, to necessarily agree with me or do what I'm doing, but to like, to take a step along that path. Mm. And uh, maybe because somebody they look up to or respect, or, you know, is talking about it, makes it easier for them. Mm. Okay, so this transition then, what, to, what help can you give to someone who's transitioning into a new career? Because business and bodybuilding, they're, they're different, aren't they? They're absolutely different, although the, the business is obviously related. All my business is related to my success as a bodybuilder. Although I had the gym, you know, before I was Mr. Olympia, um, the reason I got my first business, the gym, was because I was British champion. Mm. And that gave me something, you know? You some brands. So, yeah, some mm. brands, some value. And uh, I was lucky enough to get somebody to back me with, uh, with the finances mm. when I was young. Um, so, I, you know, learned the basics when I was young, but then I went to, to bodybuilding. So my business is uh, bodybuilding related, but the, the biggest uh, lesson that I learned is, you know, you really got to put your stamp on the, on the business. Mm. If your business is, is your business, you know, you got to put your energy into it. It's got to reflect your energy. If you, if you leave it to other people, they're never going to have the passion or the interest, mm. you know. Um, when I was younger, didn't work many jobs because I made my way with bodybuilding, but when I was younger and I worked somewhere, I mean, you know, I just wanted to do my job and, and Friday I want to get my paycheck and, that, mm. and, and that's it. You know, that was my level of interest in the business. Well, I'm going to be interested in it. It's not my business. Mm. Do you want to get my paycheck? So it's kind of human nature. You need a team, but you can't leave, you can't leave things in other people's hands. It's your business. You've got to be there. You've got to be hands-on. You've got to be putting your input and your energy and your thoughts into that business. Mm. I'm, I sort of sit on the fence when I give people advice about starting up a business because on the one hand, you've proved you can take something that you really love, you're passionate yeah. about, and you can become the best. But odds are way stacked against you. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone was sat there saying, Dorian, I've got this passion, it's macaroon decoration, yeah. Yeah. but I want to be the best in the world, you know, do you say, do it, because look what I've done, or do you say, well, statistically, you've got no chance? Well, I think I did, what I did is I, I broke it down into steps, into goals, you know? Mm. I wanted to win my first contest. I won my first contest. Then I want to go to British Championship, win the British Championship. So I had these goals and little goals, mm. you know? Yeah. And I always used to write them down as well, that makes it much... You wrote every single one of your trainings down, didn't you? I got work? every single workout from 1983 to 1997. Wow. Every single workout, every weight, every rep, everything is written down. And then every month I used to have mo monthly goals. Yeah. So for this month, you know, I want to... And it's got to be achievable, you know? Mm. I want to put on, you know, whatever, five or ten pounds on my bench press and, and, and this and that, and I write these goals down. So you could have a goal of being the best macaroon maker in the world, right? But that, that would be a, a distant goal, mm. you know? You mm. need all the steps to get there, you know? You need to be able to make your macaroons and, you know, what's different about your macaroons to somebody else's? Are they better? Are they cheaper? <laughs> like, you know, you need some advantage. Yeah, that might seem like a random example, but yeah, actually one I of like the subscribers is, yeah, is one of those, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what you're saying, so you almost de-risked it because you're not saying, hey, I've got to be the best in the world. You're just saying, oh, let's get to here and then get to here and then get to here and see how it goes. Exactly. Mm. And, uh, you know, let's say shoot for the stars and you might get the moon. So mm. maybe you don't actually get to be the best in the world. Or maybe you do. Yeah. But uh, breaking it down into goals like that is, is much more achievable mentally. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like standing at the bottom of Mount Everest and say, get to the top. I mean, just yeah. so daunting. <laughs> yeah. How can I get to the top of that thing? All right kind of put that in the back of your mind for now. Let's get to that ledge there, yeah? Mm. And once you've secured that, I yeah. get to the next one, the next one. So, uh, Does that also relieve some of the pressure that people put on themselves? Yeah, I, guess I think it's, it's so important for me to write things down. You know, goals, daily tasks, you know, because all this long-term goal is, is broken down into all little tiny steps. So mm. even the daily, what am I gonna do? To, what do I need to do tomorrow? Mm. To, you know, yeah. for my business. You still business. do that today, and you? Yeah, what yeah. do I need to do tomorrow? Who do I need to call? Who do I need to speak to? Do I need to do the banking? And there's a lot of things, put them in order of priority, mm -hmm. you know? So maybe yeah. if you don't get to all of them, it's like the lesser things mm -hmm. you don't get to. So it's, uh, you know, like anything successful, there has to be planning behind it a little yeah. bit, you know? If you, uh, get, I say, if you take a boat out to sea and you want to sail to somewhere and you just get in your boat and start rowing or whatever, mm. what's the chances you're going to get there? I mean, very slim, right? Yeah. But you need a, a map and a, and a plan and a route 
to, to get there, mm. to your destination. Yeah. So, I mean, whether it be a business or whatever, I think it's helpful with anything. You know? Yeah. Can you remember the specific moment where something lit up inside of you and you went, you know, I want to be Mr. Olympia or I want to be, you know, the, 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 the most muscular person in the world or whatever. Can you remember a time where something clicked? Well, that's a very specific goal. I want to be Mr. Olympia. I don't really, or you know, every bodybuilder, every bodybuilder is like, that's a, that's a dream, right? Every bodybuilder. Yeah. But each step I took, it became more realistic. Mm. But the big thing for me, the big was when I was British champion, and I was preparing to go to the USA to compete in the night of the champions and I had this, you know, do or die moment. Mm. If I've got it what it takes, let's be real. If I've yeah. got it what it takes, I'm placed in that top five. Yeah. You know, historically I can see that's the way it goes. Mm. You know, you've got the goods or you haven't. And I went there and I got second and it was very close and the, the, the crowd reaction was tremendous for me. You know, mm. I was the crowd favorite. Uh, Joe Weider flew me out to California to to do a photo shoot with Flex Magazine and Muscle and Fitness, and that's everybody builder's dream, you mm, know? Mm. And I think at, at that point I was like, I'm not even sure if I thought I'm gonna be Mr. Olympia, but I definitely can make it in this sport, and you know? Yeah. This is my dream's coming true. And uh, the next year I was going to compete in the Mr. Olympia, and uh, I remember the guy that was Mr. Olympia was Lee Haney, and he was Mr. Olympia since 1984, so that's, he's been Mr. Olympia the yeah. whole time, uh, you know, as a young Star Trek star kid. I was training and reading magazines. Now I'm going to go and compete against him. Mm. And I remember that this was the point where I really had to change my mindset yeah. to say, with all respect, this guy is not my idol anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's a man. Yeah, he's a yeah. man, just like me, with two arms, two legs, and he lifts weights. And you know what, he can be beaten mm. and I think I can beat him. Mm. Not that I'm going to beat him, or, you yeah. know, but yeah, it's possible, mm. it's possible. And um, I went to compete in my first Mr. Olympia because Lee Haney was kind of like head and shoulders above everybody else as far as stature and, and muscle size and everything like that. Mm. And I was on a fairly equal scale by the time I was going to compete against him in those departments. So. Mm. I had to change totally my attitude to almost be like, I, I, you know, I almost didn't really acknowledge him when I was there because I had to put him in a different category. Yeah. That now this, this is my competitor now. Yeah, he's trying to take food off my table. <laughs> yeah. You know, almost like build myself up into that. Yeah. And uh, that's when I really believed I could be Mr. Olympia. Mm. It didn't happen in my first contest against Lee Haney. I, I got second place, but you know. I probably pushed him more than anyone had pushed in the past. In bodybuilding, there's three rounds. He won two rounds and I won one, right. which I don't think had, had happened before. So that was the point, you know, but obviously it was, it was in the background before that, but I didn't want to, you know, be unrealistic, I think. Yeah. I was always being realistic with myself. Sure. So if you could go back to that moment when you kind of, you thought, right, right, I've got something here. Yeah. Without saying, I probably wouldn't change anything because I know you're very much into, you, you love the journey you've been on, but if yeah. you could give yourself then some advice sitting here now, what would it be? Uh, probably you could chill out a bit. Yeah. You know, you could enjoy your life a little bit more yeah. and still be able to do this. Yeah. But then again, would I? I don't know. Mm. You know? You might not have listened to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I probably wouldn't listen to myself. Yeah. You know, I, I could have go back and give myself advice. Like, you don't need to like push yourself with extremely heavy weights every workout all the time because at some point once you reach a certain size you know you, you start to get near your limit of muscle size mm. and it's constantly pushing on the heavy weights becomes dangerous almost yeah. and you know that's what happened I got injured but you're right I, you know it's like you know if you've seen a movie about time travel or something and like a guy goes back and changes one little thing and yeah. unravels the whole yeah. future yeah. For, for everything. So, you know, if I didn't get injured, maybe I would have been Mr. Olympia eight times or nine times, I don't know. But, but maybe it would have been three or something uh, else. You know, but maybe that wouldn't have been good, you know. Mm. I believe I got out, you know, when I needed to get out, mm. you know, uh, and the injury gave me no choice. Yeah. You know, if I hadn't had the injury and I was fine, or maybe, or maybe, you know, because it's, that goal is very consuming and it's, it's comfortable, it's what you do, mm. right? So the injury just totally like, 
you're out and you've got to you know you've got to deal with it and, and and make your way so yeah there are things that i could advise myself go back and advise myself to change but maybe we shouldn't do that you know mm. but i can advise other people i advise people that i train now how to avoid the mistakes that i made do you enjoy doing that yeah absolutely mm. um I train a lot of people, I train, most of the people I train are actually not really competing. Probably 70% of them just want to get the best result out of their training. Mm. And, you know, a smaller number of people want to compete. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I enjoy teaching people and I think I'm a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are maybe good sports people, good athletes, but not necessarily yeah. very good at articulating that and getting it across mm. and teaching people. Um, where I think I'm a good teacher and I, and I enjoy doing that mm-hmm. to you know limited amounts. You know? Sure. Future plans? Uh, future plans? Well, the DY gym is taken off. We're going to China in May to launch the first DY gym. Of course, we've got the, the premiere tomorrow, which I'm really excited about. I mean, mm. yeah. You know. Uh, a I'm movie try about down, me, yeah. which is, you know, of course it's about bodybuilding and my journey in bodybuilding, but it's mm. not just about that. It's mm. about the person that I've grown and developed to be. Yeah. And um, I see that as the bodybuilding part of me is a part of me. It's a huge part of me, but um, it will feel very restricted and very narrow for me to just live my life in that, in that way. So I've got mm. lots of interests and opinions on things and uh, that will be included in the in the movie so I think it will be I think be interesting I haven't seen yeah. it myself either right, I've just yeah. seen the clips that have been on social media yeah. uh, I wouldn't want to see it I want to watch it with you know my friends and family and, mm. and people that are coming along uh, I think it'll be a great evening so mm. you can get there it'll be cool right why did you why did you call the brand DY and not your full name is there a reason for that just because I think DY is, uh, you know, is a brand. It's more recognisable. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see a, a BMW, it doesn't say Bavarian Motor Works, or yeah. Volkswagen doesn't say Volkswagen. It's VW or right, BMW, yeah. and you know, it's it's uh, it's more catchy. And a lot of people even call me DY now. Right. No, call me Dorian. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, it's not DY, you know. So yeah. obviously, it's, uh, it's you know, selling effect. People notice. Yeah. Okay. Disruptive. That word. What does that mean to you? Well, disruptive means shaking things up, you know? And I think I do that because, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't probably as uh, knowledgeable as I am now, but I simply didn't follow the the line, you know? (laughs) When I started bodybuilding, I was doing everything different and experienced guys in the gym like, ah, that's not going to work, you know? know? I was like, all right, let's see. So it was disruptive in that way. Everybody, you know, in England was like, not everybody, but I felt like a lot of people were saying to me, come on, man, yeah. you, you can't go to the States and beat those guys <laughs> over there. They're not even human. They're like, yeah. oh, they're, you know, they're not a different planet, you know. Mm. Right, they've got bigger gyms. They've got probably access to better food and information and mm. stuff. But nobody is going to work harder than me. So it was disruptive in that uh, point and... Uh, Anyone watch my London Reels is probably quite disruptive because my opinions are not conventional. Mm. Uh, the way I do things are not conventional. So that's disruptive and I think, you know, we need to be disruptive sometimes. Things need to be shaken up mm. and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, people's opinions and views sometimes need to be shaken up a little bit. Mm. So it's not something I think about, it's just, it's just me being me naturally, yeah. you know. I didn't. Uh, I've always been somewhat of a, an individual and a, and a rebel, you know, so mm. I guess that's reflected in most things I do. Mm. Do you enjoy proving people wrong? I'm not out to prove people wrong, I'm just out to make people think, mm. that's all. Yeah. Um, like I said, you don't have to agree with me, you don't have to follow, I don't want anyone to follow me really. Mm. Um, we've all got our own path to follow, but if what I'm saying is helpful and it shakes things up and that contributes to more enlightened, better person, yeah. which in, as a collective would produce a better, more enlightened world that we all live in. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what I really, you know, went to London Real to speak about. I didn't go to, I mean, we never mentioned any businesses or, or anything, didn't go to sell anything. I just went there to, to do that. It's a, it's a period of change now and, and uh, you know, people need to be aware of what's going on, aware of themselves. And that was really my goal mm. with so the London Real. If there's one thing, 
that you think everyone listening needs to wake up to in regards to those things you've been talking about, whether it's politics or whether it's spirituality or whatever, if there's one thing? I mean, what do we know, need to wake up what's to? What's the purpose of life? Why, why are you here? What's going on? And uh, turn off the TV, the mainstream media, stop reading the newspapers. Because it's all propaganda, it's all mm. bullshit, yeah? So that'll be a first step, mm. you know? And just asking questions. Don't just automate through life, yeah. and, and, you know? Ask questions. Mm. Why is it like this? You know, yeah. that, that's what I do. Yeah. Why? Is it? Is it not? Why? Is this right? Is this wrong? And uh, I think when I left bodybuilding, I started, you know, doing a lot of soul searching, doing a lot of reading, reading uh, religious books, reading, reading, reading. And I started to realize the world was really not what I thought it was, not mm. the picture that I had. A lot, mm. of, things, a lot of things were hidden. Yeah. And um, uh, it's, people need to ask all these questions, mm. I think. And uh, things don't need to be the way they are. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't accept the, the way things are. The world's in a constant state of war. Why? There's reasons. You know, get off your ass and do some research and find out it's all out there now. Now you've got the internet, yeah. there's freedom of information, you can find it. You don't have to read the fucking Sun or the Daily Mirror or whatever, which is, you know, it's all owned by the same people that project their agenda in, into the world. You know, so you can find out now. Yeah. Get out there and, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you all the answers, but just push people in a direction. That's yeah. what I like to do. Yeah. I know it's very important for you now, isn't it, to give back and make a difference to others? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we're all here in the world for a reason, mm. you know? And I believe that the bodybuilding fame, if you like to call it that, that I got, and uh, give me a platform, mm. you know? I wouldn't have been on London Real. Mm. I, you, you know, you wouldn't be sitting here interviewing me now yeah. if I wasn't six-time Mr. Olympia. Yeah. So it gives me a platform to talk and discuss and bring the light on, onto other subjects, maybe. Mm. Is there anything I should have asked, driving all the way up from Peterborough, that I haven't? Or anything you really want to say? Uh, no, not really. I mean, no. you, you ask what you, what you want to ask. Mm. And I just answer your question. So yeah. I'm sure you know what you wanted to ask. And not for me to tell you what you should, you should ask me, you know? Okay. If there's one tip on training you could give... I mean, I know, sorry, it's, it's, you know when people say, like, to if there's one, one thing, yeah, I know, it's, yeah. when I get asked that, I think that's a stupid you know, question, the, I've just asked it. I've been asked that before, and... Uh, it's just because I know you've got another one, appointment. One, one thing comes to mind, and that's consistency, yeah. you know? But, but consistently doing the right things, mm, not yeah. <laughs> the wrong things, that, that won't get you anywhere, yeah? yeah? So consistently doing the right things, I mean, it takes time to achieve anything. Mm. You know, it takes time to build a business, it takes time to build a podcast. It takes time to build a physique, it takes time and effort on a daily basis, mm. you know? I see a lot of people coming, ah, oh, I'm going to go crazy and train mm. and get all enthusiastic for a couple of months and then they get burnt out and mm. they give up, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, you need to be consistent and, and keep doing the right things and making little, little baby steps towards your goal, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that comes down to, you know, goal setting and breaking it down all into almost a daily basis if you want to sure. achieve something. Yeah. Okay, where can people follow you or where would you like to direct them that might be of interest to them to follow what you do? Oh, there's various, um, you got the Dorian, the Dorian Yates is my personal Instagram page. Yeah. So that's one avenue. I've got a couple of Facebook pages. One is the Dorian Yates athlete page. I've got my personal page as well. DorianYatesNutrition.com is the nutrition website. Yeah. D-U-I-H-I-T is the training website. And, um, ooh, <laughs> tell we're in a gym, eh? Yeah. Genu genuine setting. Yeah. On that subject, we got DY Gyms as well. So right. you, can, you can find all those, DY Nutrition, DY Gyms, DY HIT. Find out all, all that online and, you know, you, you, can, you can message through there and get in contact through the websites or through the social media and, yeah. and so on. Okay. So, I don't know, how did you get in touch with me? Uh, well, I've got... Uh previous stalker who turned into our agent because he did so well at stalking me out who just tends to stalk out other people okay. for us now well so, yeah I'm, uh, not, I'm not hard to find yeah not hard to find yeah i do follow you on facebook and i've followed your work for a while i went i listened to your first london real podcast and i, I just um i've i've felt like i had a lot of similarities with it, the way the world works and trying to do things that help other well, people I, I think that's why it's so popular mm. because it resonated yeah if you like that word resonated with people 
and uh, it just went from that to now we're doing a little movie so yeah. more and more people are watching it and, and you know asking those questions of themselves so I feel I've uh, dropped a stone in the pond of mm. you know yeah. rippling out with some uh, some information yeah. and, and so on which was the goal and uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow so mm. uh, it's in London tomorrow at the BAFTA theatres and uh, after that, it will be, you know, shown online at the uh, London Real website and on YouTube and everything, yeah. I guess. Okay, well, if I, I'm in London tomorrow, if I can get there, I will. If I can't, I'll be watching afterwards. I know you've got another meeting now. I want to say thanks a lot. It's been a privilege to speak to you, and um, thanks for giving your time. Yeah, I've got some people to brutalise in the gym for <laughs> yeah, a few hours. Yeah. So. It's, quite, it's a great setting here. Um, I mean, this, freezing this is, cold. <laughs> this is Temple Gym. Um, the original one was in the basement, uh, but unfortunately we had to leave that building. And, uh, you know, my son is running it now, Lewis right. Yates. So this is Lewis Yates' Temple Gym, right, as yeah. opposed to Dorian Yates' Temple Gym, the other yeah. one. But him and his partners, they've done a great job in recreating the atmosphere. We've got the same old, uh, you know, equipment. Yeah, it's We've got a the real place, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's real, it's genuine. And, um, you know, we want to create as... It's a gym, yeah? Mm. It's not a health club. Yeah. It's not, you know, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's going to complain if you sweat on the floor now, here. You? you can sweat on the floor, you can shout. We've got the music usually loud. We turn it down because we're doing the interview. Yeah. And uh, we come here to train and to get results. It's... Mm. Uh, you got so many, you know, big mega gyms and, oh, you know, they're lovely, right? You've got all the cardio and they're nice and shiny. But, you know, it's not conducive to really hard training. And at the end of the day, you know, if you want to go and chat with some girls or go and hang out in a sauna <laughs> and all that, it's all good, you know? Yeah. I understand. But if you want to make changes to your body, there's no fucking way around it. It's about hard work, yeah? Mm. Working hard and working correctly and you won't find a better place than this to do it in. This is, this is a real gym, and when you walk through the doors, you know you're here to work out. Yeah. There's nothing else to do oh, here. You, you, <laughs> you get that sense when you walk in, definitely. Yeah. Just actually, just one thing I just thought might be interesting for people. Uh, my son's five. He's currently the highest-ranked um, five-year-old golfer in the world, and he's playing all the world championships and stuff, and I'm trying to balance raising him to enjoy his life and hopefully achieve some yeah. stuff. Yeah. How has your son found you know, the balance of being the son of Dorian Yates? And have you raised uh, him in that regard? I think it's a bit difficult sometimes because it's like, especially now he's, you know, he's thinking, industry, of, he's thinking yeah. of competing. So oh, right. it's a bit daunting mm. to compete because, you know, I told him if, if you win, people are going to be like, oh, yeah. of course he won. He's already yeah, yeah. stunning, isn't he? Yeah. If you don't win, people are like, oh, look at him. His yeah. is no good. He didn't even win, you know? So mm. it's a tough act to follow, but he's going in the um, classic physique, yeah. which is a new category. Right. Um, you know, not as as huge as a bodybuilding, and probably more, you know, more popular look. Yeah. Uh, probably now, I think. So Lewis is going to classic bodybuilding. Yeah. Sometime this year to be, to be announced. So yeah, it's a little tough, but mm. you know, wouldn't you rather have a dad who's the best in the world at something, yeah. or somebody who works down the local factory? <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> You've just been summoned. So I think okay. we've got to end. But All right, yeah, once again, my, uh, Thank you very there. much. All right. Thanks really a lot. Really enjoyed it. Thank thanks you. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers.